0: On this episode, Brandon Robichaux joins us to discuss one of the most taboo topics in fitness, which is steroid use. We dive into why its taboo nature can potentially be causing more harm, and we end with advice for coaches that get asked about these gear protocols. So we dive into a few of the topics that are currently going on, and uh, I really hope that you find this valuable. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode we're going to break down different topics in the areas of business, finance and tax and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer. The topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, Here's your host, certified financial planner, Pat Darby. On today's episode, we are joined by IFBB Pro Brandon Robichau. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle.
1: Thanks, Thanks man. for joining us. Appreciate you
0: having me. No, I'm, I'm really excited that you came. Like for those listening, I think this is going to be a great episode because we can discuss some of the, the topics that are fairly taboo in the fitness industry, specifically this the fitness coaching industry. Um, before we dive into that, let's let's first, I want to hear your backstory, Brandon, like how'd you get into fitness, tell us a little bit about yourself, then we can dive into the topic that uh, I think people will be excited to hear about.
1: You know, um, it's not that glamorous. <laughs> um, I You know, I've always been involved in some type of athletic forum, whether it was, you know, baseball, growing up, wrestling, um, you know, it was just always kind of something I, you know, I, I kind of... I always thought that, like, I wouldn't have a traditional job. I wouldn't be doing something that was just, you know, something that everybody does. Um, And so, you know, growing up, I was, I I loved wrestling. Wrestling was like my, wrestling and baseball were my my two sports. And, um, you know, I loved the aspects of of having a team. And and then wrestling, the side of it was like, it was all on you. And so, um, you know, I, I, I remember getting into bodybuilding mainly because I went through a breakup. You know, they say breakups make the best bodybuilders, and that's pretty much how I got into it. You know, I went to a bodybuilding show right after a breakup, and I was like, man, I was talking to a buddy, and I was like, you know, I feel like I could do that. And uh, he pretty much talked me into doing it right then and there. And, and um, yeah, I, once I stepped on stage, man, I was hooked. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a short version of the story. I could probably spend an hour talking about it. But I don't Did you – um? I,
0: I thought I read on your website you started in – only about nine years ago, in twenty thirteen.
1: Yeah, so two thousand thirteen was my first show, and I started in Alaska, actually. So, um, is that where you're from? I'm originally from Louisiana, but I grew up. I grew up in Alaska. I Spent most of my years there. Alaska's home. Um, you know, I I I lived twenty six years of my life. I'm forty one now, and uh, yeah, that's where that's where I started competing. Man, did five shows that first year. Um, I couldn't stay off the stage. Wow. It, it was just kind of what I wanted to do, you know. You get into it, you get into That's you get in I mean. you get into competing and it's one of those things where you you're so addicted to the stage because it feels so good to be in prep and you have a goal that you're going after and um and then, you know, just everybody you know is they're always asking, How's prep? you know, and and you know, it's 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 in a way you're kind of like this is gonna sound really narcissistic, but you're kind of like in the limelight, you know, people are paying yeah. attention to you. So it feels good, you know um it's it's competing is like nothing nothing you've ever experienced it's very different you know?
0: that's fantastic so you 2013 was when you first stepped on stage mm-hmm. when did you get hooked on the business side of fitness outside of your personal <sighs> competitions you know,
1: when i when i first started competing what i noticed is the second that people saw me getting in shape And, and and being able to be consistent about it, people, you know, that I knew immediately were like, how do I do this? You know, like, how do I, you know, can you help me? And the thing of it was, is like, I always look at a job as something you, you hate doing, right? So of course we should get paid doing it, right? That's like, that's like the normal thing. You know, at the time I was working at a credit union. Um, I had been in the, um, on the lending side for many years, I was managing, um, you know, and then I decided I wanted to get out of the lending side and I started going more back office and learning more about it. And, um, that was kind of like, you know, I, I, we just had this conversation about me being a, a techie guy. Like I, I, I'm very, I like technology and it's fun to play around with stuff like that. And so I was, I was in that realm. And, um, when I started competing and, and so. You know, obviously didn't really like my job very much, but I was getting paid, whatever. Um, but as I got into competing, um, there were people that were, you know, they would see my progress and they they wanted to know like what, what I was doing and how, how they could do it. And so as I started to see that there was the option to, you know, coach people, I still didn't feel right to charge people. So it was more like, I think my first plan that I ever charged was like 35 bucks. For like six weeks, you know, six weeks of coaching, thirty five bucks, and they got they got nutrition, they got training, they got text messages whenever they wanted, you know, twenty four seven access. So it was, you know, it's 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 really cheap, you know. And I, but honestly, I felt really bad about you know, um, about charging people money. I was just like, this doesn't make sense to do that. So yeah, once I once I realized how many people wanted my help. I started to kind of see okay maybe there's a business with this maybe there's a way to to create something out of this and so um so in Alaska you know we we I actually had a couple business partners that I worked with guys that were you know in the industry one guy was a bodybuilder like myself the other guy was more of a um you know powerlifter strongman athletic guy you know and so we were all good friends and so we worked together for a little while um obviously you know They they kind of fell off, and I'm doing my own thing now. Um, But you know, we we it was cool because we kind of cornered the market in Alaska for a while. You know, we pretty much had we had a huge huge clientele base there. Um, And so I think when I realized, I think that was like 2014. That was like a year later because we actually ended up having a, a booth at one of the big shows out there. It was pretty cool because our booth was probably the most busy booth at this expo and there there were i think muscle farm was there um there was a they had a huge crossfit competition at the same time it was a really big like fitness expo they had a bunch of different things but our booth was so popular and the fact that i had just and i actually won that particular show i competed at that show and so it gave us a ton of publicity you know for the company and things like that so um So that was really cool, man. You know, I think, I think that was kind of like when I realized like there was maybe an opportunity, but honestly still, I didn't really see it as a full fledged business. That's something I could just do for the rest of my life. I think when it finally, when it finally hit me was in, was in 2018, 2019 when I moved here to Vegas. Um, I moved from, I moved from Utah to Vegas. And um, at the time I was selling mortgages, you know? And uh but my business was taking off and I was super busy with it. I had a lot of clients here in Vegas before I even moved here.
0: The the mortgage business or the fitness business? No, the fitness business. The, sorry, oh, okay.
1: sorry, don't mean to confuse you. The fitness business side of things. Um, that was blowing up. I was actually busier working on that stuff than I was the mortgage stuff. Like I was making more money as a fitness coach part time. And what's funny is my boss at the time at the mortgage company, he was a client. And so he's he's like what are you doing? He's like, you're making all this money. Why are you not full time? So, um, so I, you know, I, I ended up moving out here and, uh, and I went full time in May of 2018 and, you know, it's been a learning experience pretty much since then, you know, but it's been really good. You know, I've been able to generate, you know, a good amount of money. I, I make more money than I've ever made. Um, and and it's it's still still a learning experience though because no one teaches you the business side of this stuff you know you kind of like learn as you go and talk to people that are you know in the business that maybe understand it more than you do um because you know what i'm what i'm an expert at is you know getting people in shape transformations and you know changing people's lives that way looking at things differently from a mental aspect you know, changing people's lives from a financial aspect is not my, my, my specialty, you know, managing a business is not my specialty, but I'm learning that aspect too, as I go. So, Um, but it finally hit me, like, once I realized that, like, you know, the, the amount of money that I saw that was coming in the door and not just that, but it was also the fact that, you know, treating people good and taking care of your people, right. um, That's, that's what, kept my business going was the fact that I was I went I was right by my clients right like I I treated them like they were supposed to be treated um you know they 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 got help they got their they got their what they were looking for right they they got their money's worth and then referrals started coming you know left and right so that's where I realized like this was this was uh this was something I was going to be doing
0: so the, the way the business stands now, do you have a specific demographic do you work with, or a specific type of individual that you you prefer to work with? I guess, or
1: you know, my thing is is I love challenges. So for me, I like that, for me, it, it the most complicated client bring them to me because I want to be the guy that's like I was able to figure them out. I actually have a client right now um, that you know she very athletic, you know. beautiful woman, she's, she's got so much potential, um, was working with a coach, and I, I can't remember how long she's been with her, she's been with her for a while, and, and basically um, wasn't seeing the results that she should be seeing, and basically kind of running her into the ground with you know, endless amounts of cardio, not enough food, um, you know, and, and we basically just kind of put everything up on the wall you know, kind of like a, like a crime scene, right? Like you're trying to figure out like who's, who's doing what. And so that's basically what I did is I took everything that was going on in her world, right. Fitness wise, even from her personal life, I wanted to know everything that she was going through. Um, you know, from a mental aspect, because the stress part of it is huge. And, um, and it's great because I I actually, I got to post our our conversation that we had this morning because she sends me a picture first thing this morning. She's like, Oh my gosh, I've seen results. That I haven't seen in so long and probably ever. She's like, and it's all because of you, and um, and so for me, like, it's not about like, like yes, I love working with competitors. They're 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 a lot of fun because you have this start date and you have an end date and and it's showtime and and you get to see them be on stage and and it's all about them and and you just get to like watch them go win, right? But I've actually really resonated with. A lot of lifestyle people, a lot of lifestyle clients, people that don't compete. It's yeah. funny how many people message me and they say, "I want to work with you, but I don't want to compete." And I'm like, "Cool." Eighty percent of my people don't compete. Awesome, yeah. you know. You don't. You, so, I, you know, I, I, I love a challenge. You know, I've worked with many different types of people, whether it be, you know, the average, you know, dad that just wants to get in shape because he's going through a divorce or, you know, a wedding, a girl, you know, a girl that's about to start you know, she's gonna have a wedding in, in six months. She wants to be in shape for that. She wants to fit into a smaller dress. Um, I've worked with really obese clients, clients that, you know, are are battling not just physical um issues, genetic issues, but the mental issues that it, they go through because, you know, whatever they had to go through their childhood, whatever. Um, you know, and I've worked with a numerous amounts of competitors, and you know we've won some overall shows, and we've got pro cards, and and so I work with everybody, to be honest, you know. But for me, my favorite is when I get to work with somebody who's a challenge, where I know that I'm gonna have to really dig deep and like do some research and figure out things. That's what's fun for me.
0: That's fantastic. So I want to I want to circle to one of the main things that actually connected us, mm-hmm. and yep. so you, you pointed out. You know, no one's out there or I shouldn't say nobody, but like you had mentioned, like it's hard to find people who can teach you like the business side. Like I know now that's propping up like coaches, coaches,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but what we connected on was like there's no one's talking in the industry. And I want you to bring up like steroids, not just for for the competitors, but inside of the business of fitness from the coaching standpoint. So what are some of the main issues that you feel need to be discussed that no one's talking about?
1: Well, you know, the whole steroid talk has been taboo for so long, and I remember one of my buddies who i'm who I'm friends with and I've known now for for years and he's kind of been out of the industry for a minute you know and but one of the things that you know I remember when he first started talking about himself and talking about the things that he has done personally different different you know different compounds and things like that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're even discussing this stuff out loud over social media. Are you crazy? Like what a, the backlash that you're going to get? And, uh, and you know, like I look back at that and I'm like, he really took, he took, uh, he, that's, he took it. That's, that's, that's a big step. You know, that's, that's, um, because that could have been one of those things where people could have looked at him like, Oh, Oh, you're not natural. You're actually coming out and saying this and, People could have, like, not respected him, but I think more people respected him for being so straight up and upfront. The thing of it is is this. Whether it's legal or not, right, people are going to use whatever they want. It, is, it, it happens in professional yeah. sports. Um, I mean, I just watched ESPN ticker last night. Some UFC fighter that's supposed to fight this Saturday got popped for, you know, he, he tested positive. He's out of his fight. So it's one of those things where this 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 stuff is, is, is going to be here no matter what. People are going to do it. So yeah, we should talk about it so that way guys know what they should do and what they shouldn't do. Right now, all people are doing are asking the average person in the gym, what should I take? How much should I take? For how long? You know what I mean? And then when I come off, what am I going to do? You know, that kind of thing. and and, and and most of these guys aren't getting blood work. They're not making sure they're healthy. And now we're seeing all these deaths that have had, that have happened over the last couple of years. Everybody's kind of like shocked. Like, oh my gosh, I can't. These people are dying. Steroids are killing people. And it's not that steroids are killing people. It's the fact that you have so many people abusing. They're abusing what's, what's available to them. Um, they're not being proactive they're not being diligent and they're not being responsible that's what it really comes down to they're not being responsible about the use and what they should be doing um, while using these things so and what I'm what I'm trying to do along with a few other people that I know um, is is make this stuff you know normalize these conversations so that way you know guys know what they what they should be doing what they shouldn't be doing Um, But yeah, I just want to, I want to normalize these conversations. It's good for people to know. I mean, I recently had a guy based off of, you know, some things that I posted on my story, you know, reach out and he's like, he's like, well, what do you take? And I'm like, well, that's, it's a pretty invasive question, man. Like, I don't know you (laughs) and what I take is irrelevant. Like, why are you asking me this question? Yeah. And he says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking of maybe doing the same thing and, and trying some stuff. And I said, well, how old are you, 22? He says, yeah. And I said, y- you're good. You don't need to take anything. Go get some blood work. Double check your own levels. Make sure that you know what you're supposed to do. I got guys that'll reach out to me, you know, clients of mine, and they're like, hey, what do you think I should be taking right now? And I'm like, I don't know. I want to look at your blood work first. That's always my first question. What's your blood work look like? You know, how much, how much natural testosterone do you have producing in your body? What does you, do you, do you, do you, your estradiol look like? Where are your lipids at? You know, I want to know how healthy guys are before we start implementing any of these protocols. And is there a healthy way to do it? Sure. There's a responsible and a healthy way to do it. But these typical protocols that are out there where guys are just saying, hey, use this, use this, and this dose, you know. And I always make the point. You have some very, very great coaches that are very great at making guys look really good. That's not even the question. That's not even like what I'm arguing, right? It's not even at all what I'm trying to say. There are very great coaches that can give a guy a certain protocol and put him on a diet, put him on a training, training plan, and, and he's going to see amazing results based off of these things that you're having him do. But my question is, is at what cost? Okay, if we're just handing everybody the same steroid protocol, right, um, that works, okay. But my question is: is at what cost? At what cost to the person's health? What damage are we causing? Are we are we checking blood pressure every day? Are we because if we're not, we should be should be checking blood pressure pretty often, because we want because we know that blood pressure is something that can cause the heart to grow, right? And so we need to make sure that that we're looking at all these things, you know, that that let us know we're healthy or we're not healthy. So, um, there's just, there's just a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of knowledge out there that guys don't, they're not looking into, they're not reading. And unfortunately when they do read stuff, it's typically something that their buddy told them to read in a forum. It's on some, on some steroid website. And again, these are the same guys that are in the gym doing the same thing they've been doing for the last 20 years. Um, and there's, like I said, there's just a healthier way to do it.
0: It's it's really interesting you say this because two episodes ago I was trying to look it up. Um, episode twenty-three, my guest said the exact same thing. It wasn't in relation to steroids, but she was saying, if you're if you want to call yourself a top coach, you better be able to read a lab and like understand blood work. Um, and you're saying that the exact same thing. Yep. But I think it's even more important because again, like you're. I don't know how many coaches listening are dealing with this. Like if getting questions about steroids, helping with steroids, but that's really emphasizing that if you have no idea what you're doing with that, I mean, again, I'm not going to put words in anyone's mouth, but that's sounds like a health risk more so than just if someone's just a quote unquote, typical client, not using those types of products.
1: Absolutely. I, I know like when I, well, when, when when was this? I would say this is probably back when I was in Utah, maybe when even when I first moved out here. I didn't want to touch the stuff. In terms of I don't like if one of my guys was using it, I was like, "Hey, it's on you." I don't I don't want to back. Yeah. I don't want backlash. I don't want to be responsible. No, I'm good. Sure. Um but the problem and I get why guys do that. I've got a good friend, really good coach, okay? Really really good coach. Known, very well-known guy. Very good at what he does. He does not want to touch protocols. And he tells guys all the time, you know, go go talk to this coach, go do this, go see this person because they're they're more knowledgeable in this area than I am. Um and I I understand why he doesn't want to touch it. But the problem is you kinda do guys a disservice because not many people are gonna pay you to do all their diet training and then go pay somebody else to do their gear protocol right they're gonna yeah. go to this person over here or that person or they're gonna talk to hey what does your coach have you do what do you do what do you suggest i should do right because some of this stuff you can find out information for free you can you know but there are also coaches out there that are mentors that i i mean there's guys that i talk to that i have questions and and um and there's mentorship programs that you can you can buy into and learn and that's absolutely what if you're a competitor and you're going to do this stuff, you might as well do anyways, regardless if you're, you know, you have a coach or not, these mentorship programs are important. Um, you know, and I, and I mean, I probably could start a mentorship program myself, but I even still feel like I I'm still learning. There's things that I still don't feel comfortable with. And, and uh, you know, and, and, and so like whenever I have questions, I, I know who I can go talk to. Learn and ask, or I know where to go find the information to research and understand it. Um, But to teach it, it's a little bit different. But I think guys are, you know, are doing themselves as a coach a disservice to the client by not helping them. And unfortunately, you know, what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of very, very well known guys go to other coaches for this. I've seen some very well known coaches now. They really, really look at everything health. and They're looking at blood work. They're looking at Dutch tests. Um, it's so important to know this information in this industry now. It's not just macros, you know, as much as I wish it would be because <laughs> yeah. that makes it easy, right? But now we have to understand people's hormones. And on top of that, you have to understand that individuality is the biggest factor because it's not yeah. just cut and dry for everybody. You know, some, the way, the way somebody's going to react to a certain dose compared to somebody else is going to be completely different. You know, I mean, I could, I could, I've got clients where I've looked at different blood works and I've got one client on 300 milligrams of test, and his test is over 2,500. And I've got another guy on 500 milligrams of test, and his test is only 1,400. Explain that, you know? Um, So the whole, the whole idea of, you know standard dosing of testosterone per week is 50 milligram or 500 milligrams for, for for a normal average guy but that doesn't make sense if you don't need that much why would you take that much right so um it's it's super important nowadays for these coaches to understand this aspect of the game because the other part too is with with women you know i mean i feel like there's so much pressure there's so much pressure on people nowadays just with social media i mean everybody's posting you know the highlight reel the the best angle the lighting i mean what did i say to you i said let me make sure the lighting is good before we start this video you know everybody <laughs> wants to make sure that they look okay on camera and it's understandable right. i understand that you know um i get it but my thing is is that um you know i think i i, I think i feel for for women more because there's there's that pressure of of being perfect you know compared to this person to that person and so you see a lot of i hear a lot of a lot of women in, in a, a yo-yo diet phase and unfortunately that kind of stuff can affect that can cause a myriad of issues right there's all kinds of stuff that could that could be going on there and if you're a coach that doesn't understand thyroid that doesn't understand other things with blood work um you're you're doing the client a disservice by only understanding macros because at some point, right, you are gonna run into the client who you can give them a training plan, you can give them the macro plan, and they're gonna go and they're gonna follow it to a T and the results just aren't gonna be there. And you have to ask yourself why. And at that point you've got to go, okay, well maybe we should look at blood work and see if there's another issue. Let me see if we can fix that. Let me, you know, let me see if we can find the issue within blood work. And if you know what to look for, right? But if you don't, you're kind of only cutting your own lunch at that point as a coach. You know, you've got to learn how to evolve in this game because there's coaches that are evolving and people are going to get left behind if they don't.
0: So from a business perspective, so if you're like a, a coach listening, whether they're, I was going to say a young coach, but whether they're brand new or, or seasons, what would your business advice advice be for them? Because I, I, it sounds like you're saying that the challenge that they're going to have or the the catch twenty two is if you've got a competitor, let's say, as a client, and they want this site, the the protocol, you either have to give that to them or basically let go of the client because it sounds like the worst scenario is sitting on the fence and saying, Well, I'll go somewhere else, but I'll train you. Like what would your advice be to in those situations?
1: Um You know, I think really what it comes down to is kind of like what I'm saying, what I've said already, you know, in the sense of like, guys have to continue their education on this whole thing. Um, You know, it's it's not just understanding macros and training, and I mean, I'll tell you right now. For example, I just talked about client that I that I have, girl, she's you know was with a coach, and she wasn't seeing results. And what what did they keep doing? They kept piling on more cardio. Oh, do more cardio. Oh, go higher intensity. Okay, let's cut more food. And at some point, she's dieting on 1,100 calories, and she's doing three sessions of 45 minutes a day. That sounds ridiculous to me. Whoa. That's a lot. Not a competitor? No, and she's a competitor. She's trying to compete. It was her first competition. She wasn't leaning out. Wow. And And at that point, you kind of have to ask yourself, what else is going on here? Why is she not losing weight? What's the deal, right? Is it is it is it is it merely just a macro thing? Is it a training thing? Is it a calorie deficit thing? What is it really? And and that's the problem, is that you have coaches that aren't educated enough and they look and they think, well, the client's not they're not dropping weight. She told me a story. She was on the stair climber, okay? And the coach walked by, she's on the stair climber, and she was holding on to it. Now she wasn't leaning. She was just holding the coach comes up. She's, she's like, take your hands off. Don't, 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 don't hold on. And it's like, do you actually think that's what's causing her to not lose body fat? <laughs> no, like that is not the cause. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, so it comes down to just being educated. And so you have to, you know, use people have to use critical thinking and understand that there's other things that could be at play. Rather than it just being a macro, not doing cardio, not not doing enough, not high intensity enough. And listen, listen, I've been there. I know what it's like to be that coach and being and go, and, and not really thinking that it could be a hormonal thing. You're just like, well, they've got to be cheating. They've got to be not working hard enough in the gym, you know. But when you finally realize that it's not like, I mean, I remember one time I had a client and I was back in Alaska and I, and I'm like, listen, like, I think I think her name was Heather. And I'm like, Heather, you know what's what's going on? You're doing all the work. We're on the phone, and I'm like, you're doing all the work, right? And she's like, yeah. You're eating all the food. She's like, yeah. She's like, and I'm hungry. And I'm like, what else is going on? Is there like a? And I and I it just kind of hit me one day. I was like, is there like another thing going on? Like maybe a, a health issue? She goes, well, I do have some thyroid issues, and I was like there it is right there. You know, like, and, and so we know, we knew at that point that she had to go and get blood work redone and she was already on thyroid medication. And, um, and it was a matter of figuring out that part of it. And that was way before I even understood anything close to what I know now. Um, You know, but I think what, what people are, are running into now is like I said, you know, you have coaches that, that are, that are not educating themselves any further. You know, they'd rather just honestly move on to the next client who doesn't have this kind of a problem. You know, I see a lot of, I see a lot of big name coaches now, nowadays trying to, trying to latch on to the really high profile stud athletes. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for those high profile athletes that don't have a problem. Nothing's going on with them and they can just grow by looking at the weight um, (laughs) and, and, uh and, you know, some people might be jealous about that. I kind of look at it as in the sense of like, well, some of those coaches are big, really big-name coaches. They've been in the industry for a long time. They've kind of paid their dues. They, they're they right. respected. They're well-known. They kind of deserve to get that guy. So I I don't look at it that way. Um, but, you know, I, I, there's, there's a lot of young coaches that are coming into the game now. They have to understand it's more than just macros. You know, they have to start learning this part of the game too because this is huge. Um, in terms of just being, being, being understanding of knowing what you're supposed to do or what you what you need to do when you run into problems or things you don't know what's going on with the client. So.
0: What do you think the, what do you think the industry needs to do to change in, in that regard? Or, or where do you think it's going? Cause I do feel like you were probably the second or third person in the last year that I've seen talk about it on social media. Okay. Um, a lot of them, ironically, seem like they all live in Vegas. So I don't know if, if like the culture in Vegas is changing and people are a little bit more open about it. But um, are you seeing that across the board that people are getting a little more honest about the industry? Or, or maybe you're just part of that, that small group that is leading the way?
1: Um, I don't know about here in Vegas. I mean, I'm not sure um, who else really talks about it out here. I mean, I, I I'm not saying I'm the only guy. There's there's quite a few people here that do talk about, you know, being proactive about blood work and things like that. Um, but you'd be surprised how many people don't talk about it, you know. And unfortunately, you know, you've got a lot of. I mean, that's why I get a lot of guys that reach out to me and they're like, "Hey, what do you think I should do?" And um, and 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 I'm and my first question is, "Well, what does your coach say? What's your coach have you to do? What do what does your coach want think- you to do?"
0: Are these typically competitors, or just people that are looking at? Yeah, get usually, 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 usually,
1: usually, competitors are the ones that will reach out to me and they'll say, "Hey, what do you think I should do? How, how do you think this should go?" Um. And so, uh, and that, like I said, the first thing I usually ask is, "Well, what is your what is your coach having you do?" And um, you know, this is like even even ironic. Like when I when I found out recently, like one of the big name coaches that I respect in the industry, um, kind of found out that he you know um kind of hands the same a very same or similar protocol to pretty much all of his guys wow. and and i mean he does look at blood work he does make them get blood work first however he doesn't dose out some of the things he should be based on the blood work right interesting um and you know, i'll give you an example when when we when we tell you know have a guys you know start taking some some test right some testosterone um a lot of coaches, what they'll do is they'll prescribe them as well some Remedex, right, to limit the aromatization, um, you know, from testosterone to estrogen. And so the um, problem with that is, number one, Remedex will just completely wipe out your lipids for most people. Some, I mean, there's outliers, but, I mean, for most people, it'll, 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 it'll hurt the lipids, okay? And so, you know, and if you go to a regeneration clinic, an HRT clinic, you know, if you walked in there and you were, they were giving you TRT and you came in the next, like, eight, 12 weeks later to get blood work, and they're the one that, that's administering your, your testosterone, um, if your estradiol is high, they're going to prescribe Arimidex. They're not going to say, let's lower your test first. The, the thing that they should be doing in that aspect is lowering the test first, coming back for eight, you know, eight, eight to 12 weeks later, um, checking blood work again. And making sure the estradiol is where it's supposed to be, and if it's not, maybe they need to go a little bit lower, or maybe there's another root cause causing the estradiol to be so high. Um, you know, there's there's too many people who just jump the gun and say, "Here, take this." And so when I saw some protocols from this well-known coach, I was kind of, I was really surprised. I was like, "Wow, they're just handing everybody the same protocol." Clearly, it works. Yes, they're getting bigger, they're growing, they look like monsters but what are they doing to their heart? What are they doing yeah. to, you know, their cholesterol? What are they doing? to Their liver? What are they doing? To their kidneys? Like what long-term effects are we, are we, well, what are we doing ourselves long-term, you know? And that's, that's my thing is what are, why are we not paying attention to that? Um, and so I think that's kind of like, where a lot of us are, you know, some of us guys that are talking about this more and more. I think that's where I wouldn't say it's a frustration. It's more or less just like we want to be completely honest with people that yeah, you can take this this and this and you can take it at high doses and yeah, you're going to see some really great results. But when you look at your blood work, don't be alarmed. <laughs> you know? Um yeah. don't be don't be alarmed that blood work's going to look pretty jacked at that point. You know? So I don't know about guys out here as far as coaches, you know, seeing, I don't, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not as connected, um, you know, with, with the coaches out here that I, with the coaches that I know of, I don't know that they talk about it that much. Um, they're not as far as I know dosing off of blood work, they're, they're dosing based off of what they know works in terms of for themselves, um, you know, giving somebody to grow, you know, muscle in an off season or cut or anything like that. Right. They're giving they're giving a protocol. They know that it's going to work, but they're not doing it based off of blood work. And I've been able to look at some of these guys' you know protocols and then look at their blood work. And I've been able to show them exactly where this protocol isn't going to work for them and why. And then they're looking at me like, "Well, why is he giving this to me?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Go ask him." <laughs> so yeah. so um, you know, unfortunately, there's just there's not a whole lot of coaches that are doing this there are there are a lot but they're just not they're not like it's i don't i don't think it's really as i don't think it's really being put out there it's still it's the subject is still somewhat taboo in a way
0: yeah um no i know like when i first moved out here one of the, my buddies at the gym was talking about it and i was like he named like one or two people that that we both knew and he's like yeah they're on steroids and i was like really And he's like i used to be just as naive as you he's like you'll get used to it he's like most yeah. of these guys you see are probably <laughs> on it mm-hmm. um what what would your opinion be has has usage or protocol changed recently Like, what's your opinion on why does it feel like we're hearing about more people passing like i know people are throwing COVID as a reason like how some of these popular <laughs> lifters are are dropping and it's like uh-huh. you know like uh, there's a million, you know, I don't know if it's social media, just even you, know, you hear about more of them. Like, so I love your thoughts.
1: It's an interesting topic. And one of me, me and some of the people, we were kind of, we were kind of speculating that maybe the vaccine had a play in it. I don't know. <laughs> you know, because the vaccine can cause myocarditis, right? So, right. you know, if it's going to jack up the heart, maybe it was the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, think about it this way. You had um, a lot of people die from COVID this this last, last, the last couple of years. Right. Sure. And, and I mean, I say that they died from COVID. Yeah. Right. So, and I'm not trying to like sound insensitive by any means at all. Um, I've seen numerous counts of, you know, people that died that had a ton of other underlying issues, you know, 100%. I've seen, I've also seen the outliers where there were really, really healthy people, fit people that sure. caught COVID and also died as well. So it could go either way, right? Um, but kind of like what I was saying about somebody who maybe was overweight, they already had some underlying issues, breathing issues or whatever, and COVID was the straw that broke the camel's back, is it possible that the vaccine was also the same thing? Because all of a sudden we're seeing these these people passing away, and it seemed like a higher number, and it was definitely more mainstream. We were, we were here it was seemed like I'm, i there was like a few weeks where I felt like we heard about a death once a week, and yeah. it was just kind of like what's going on and um and I started asking the question, well, are some of these people are they vaccinated and I don't know if they were or if they weren't I think the one guy that I asked about that I knew had a heart attack as far as I knew he wasn't vaccinated um but he had had previous heart issues he had a previous heart attack at one point um Really, and honestly, what it comes down to is these people are passing away from what they've been doing for the past 10 and 20 years. It's yeah. a culmination of everything. You know, you have very large bodybuilders out there that are walking around in the 270s to three, almost 300 pounds. Their bodies weren't created to be that big. Whether it's right. muscle or fat, they're, it's the same. Weight is weight, right? So. They're not created to be that big. I mean, you had big bodybuilders, two seventy pounds, breathing like a two hundred seventy pound obese person that was mostly fat. They breathe the same. They have the same issues breathing. They both have sleep apnea, right? Um, so it's kind of the same thing. You, you kind of have to look at both similarly, right? One is a little bit healthier in the sense that, like, they they're fit. They can perform whatever. But if both are having heart attacks, the age of 47 what's the difference yeah you know so um and i mean i'm i'm not spinning facts here anything like that like all that's just you know just i'm just rambling numbers here but um i just think that you you have people that you know are 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 basically everything's catching up to them that's really what it comes down to I mean, i think boston lloyd just passed away right yeah. And, uh, and as far as I know, I don't know exactly why, but I think, I think it had to do with his kidneys, right? Um, I think he was, he was on dialysis or was supposed to be on dialysis. I don't know specifics, but, but the thing of it is, is that like everybody knew Boston Lloyd was abusing steroids for years, years, right? And you had to know that stuff was going to catch up to him. He was younger than me, you know, what was, he, yeah. was he 29?
0: I think he's 29 or 29.
1: Yeah. 29 years old. That's what I'd heard twenty twenty nine 29 years old, you know, um, just, yeah, just crazy. We had a guy pass away. Um, it was a little over a year ago, maybe he was 26. He was out here in Vegas, 26 years old, you know, and, um, you know, we can get blood work as often as we want, but if we're not, Doing what we're supposed to be doing, we when we get that blood work, and that's the issue. You you have guys that are so addicted to the feeling of being big or being shredded or being strong, they don't want to go through the process of coming off of things or at least lowering doses for a while and letting the body see some normal some normalcy. Right. Right. Think about it like this: typical bodybuilder does a does a show. Right. If that show is you know, if they start their prep between 12 and 16 weeks out. We'll just say 16 weeks out for this, this, this story. If, a, if they do a show and they're, they're prepping for 16 weeks, that means they're on cycle for that 16 weeks. Well, the typical pro bodybuilder or even amateur bodybuilder that's on the national level trying to get a pro card, you got to think how many national shows are in a year, right? There's quite a few. And I've seen guys literally go from national show to national show to national show and i've even seen guys do a national show and then like wait 3 months and then do another national show and then wait another 3 months and do another national show and the thing of it is is that they're not coming off of their their cycle that entire time they're on cycle right. the entire way through and then right. what happens is then they go okay i'm done with that national show now it's off season so what do they do well They drop everything they were using except for maybe their tests and they lower their tests to like more of a TRT dose, okay? And then they go get blood work to see if they're healthy and they get blood work and they're healthy, right? And that's usually about an eight week process. And then they go right back to to blasting everything, taking higher doses, taking all the other stuff they were taking. So realistically, they came off for a total of eight weeks.
0: Maybe. And, and in that scenario, hypothetically, that's hypo- I'll, even, I'll, even,
1: I'll even give them 16. Let's say they did it for 16 weeks. So for 16 weeks out of the year, your lipids are healthy. You tell me that makes a lot of sense in terms of providing longevity yeah. to your life. It doesn't. Right. And that's, that's year in and year out. That exactly. Because people are so addicted to the stage. I was addicted to the stage too. I know what it's like. And, and, um, and that's that's where your health can really come into play. Again, individuality is a big part of this. So whatever your predispositions are, you know, if you if 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 heart failure runs in your family, not this is not the sport for you. You know? Um yeah. you know, so there's there's just there's you know, guys have to be really careful, you know, with what they're doing. And I think that's why you're that's... seeing I think that's why you're seeing the the deaths that we've seen the last couple of years because you have things catching up to people, you know?
0: But the protocols haven't changed. It's not like people are pushing it more now in the last Um, couple of years or just, you know, honestly, (laughs) I think, I think protocols have changed a little bit
1: too. I have heard of, um, of, of coaches pushing higher, much higher doses than I've ever pushed. Um, you know, I, I could not imagine running a gram of test a week on a consistent basis. I just couldn't. I don't even see the reason why I would why I would do that, but there are coaches who who do titrate up to those doses, and I don't really understand the reason for it unless the blood work says you need it. and I don't really know anybody who needs that much. I mean, listen. I don't coach big, giant Olympia bodybuilders. I, I've never coached one. You know, I've coached some big guys before, but I've never coached a really big, you know, powerful, you know, guy like a Nick Walker, you know, Hunter Labrata. I, I've never coached a guy like that before. So I, I couldn't tell you, you know, what what he would need, but I don't necessarily think that they would need that much. Maybe they do. I I don't know, you know. Um, but again, I think blood work is what plays into that. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like if you looked at blood work, you could say, okay, we know what this person needs to take based off of the blood work, what it says.
0: I saw on Instagram, I want to say it was maybe six or seven months ago. I can't remember who it was because I saw it off someone was sharing it on their story. They brought up like she, she was a a competitor. I don't know if she still is, but she almost died and she said it was she goes. It was actually the diure- diuretics that yeah. that are the bigger fatality risk, in her opinion. Um, I don't know if want to talk about that. And that was news to me because again, like I've not I've not experimented with any of this, so I don't know. But she was saying that's actually what can that almost that's what almost killed her.
1: Yeah, I mean the diuretics are dangerous too. You know, there's there's all kinds of stuff that can happen with that. Um, you know, I I don't really mess with the diuretics too much. Um, I have in the past with myself um but it's been it's always been very very minor um There was another big name coach, not going to name the person, but um you know they 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 had a couple people die under their watch, and I know a lot of people were kind of calling for this coach's head they were like he he needs to be out you know, and you get rid of him and yeah uh, and you know, I, I, I didn't really come to his defense, but it was more or less like I wanted people to think for themselves, right? Because, yeah, listen, you know, I could tell you to take whatever, right? And if I tell you to take four different or three different diuretics, are, are you going to actually listen to me? Or are you going to actually question, wow, that's three diuretics? I, I need three different ones? Really? That's a lot, right? I mean, I just, I just, I have to think that you might ask me why three, you know? Yeah. Um, And so for me, I've always been super inquisitive about this stuff. You know, I, I knew that I wanted to know why things worked, even when it came down to proteins, carbs, and fats, I wanted to know why I needed to eat this much protein or why this many carbs or why are my fats so low or why are my fats so high I wanted to know the reason why. So for me, I, I was doing research on that. I was asking questions. So once I started dabbling with everything else, it's the same thing. So when people don't ask these questions, it always kind of baffles me as to why why they're not. Because I feel like that's what we should be doing. We should be asking these questions, you know. Um you should want to know why you're doing what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I I don't know how many people are curious about that. Like I I like to know why why I'm eating what I'm eating and what's in the supplements, things like that. But um I don't well I will say complacency. Like I found my protein supplements that I like and I don't research it anymore. So if they change it on me, I wouldn't know. Like yeah. if they so that's that is definitely on me. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um this has been this has been incredibly helpful. Is there anything else on this topic that that we didn't discuss that you wanted to
1: No, I mean, listeners. I, I, I would, I would just, you know, again, you know, with, with, with the diuretic, I mean, obviously that, that is a big one because you have people really trying to push the limit um, on conditioning. They're trying to get as dry as possible. And what competitors and people need to understand is that what really dictates how dry you are is how fat free you are. It isn't how much water you're holding. It's how fat free you are. Um, I've personally been able to show just with my own physique by getting as, as fat free as possible that a diuretic isn't necessary. You don't need it. Right. Um, you know, if you aren't lean enough and you throw a diuretic in, it could make you appear to be lean enough, right? If if you're still holding some body fat in, in your, in your abdomen and your lower back, the diuretic could help remove the water in those fat cells which would give you the appearance of being leaner, tighter, drier. But if you just prep for long enough, instead of rushing to a show, you could get fat-free and you don't have to take these things. You don't have to you know, restrict yourself with water and put yourself under any kind of added risk. You know what I mean? That's a great way um, to look at it. And, that's, and I think that's where people are. You know, people are saying, oh, people are getting too lean. People are getting too lean. No, people aren't getting too lean. In fact, they're not getting lean enough. The issue is is that they're not getting lean enough and they're relying on the diuretic to make them look leaner than what they really are. That's the problem. And so, you know, I just think ultimately people need to do their research. They need to do their homework, you know, ask questions. Um, you know, I can't think one of my new clients enough. She's so good at asking questions. She's so, she's so inquisitive. She wants to know everything, but she also is extremely transparent with everything she does. And that's something that I do appreciate because, you know, we've only worked together for, for a few weeks now, but she's so, she's so transparent. And so it allows me to do my job much, much better, right? There's no guesswork. I'm not trying to figure out what the heck's going on. I know what's going on because she's telling me. Right. And so, um, you know, clients have to be, people have to be super transparent with their coach. Um, so that way their coach knows everything that they're doing. That way, the coach can make the best possible assessment to make the best decision. Um, you know, I think it's just a matter of being educated, you know, and, and knowing exactly what you're doing. That's the big thing. Ask questions, you know. Um, don't just don't just talk to, you know, Bro Joe at the gym, you know, <laughs> because it's not going to help you, you know, in your journey unless he's really knowledgeable and he can he can show you reasons as to why, you know, he's telling you what to do. But if somebody's just you know giving you a typical protocol of something, um, oh, I'll just take this. Oh, I'll just take that. Like, probably, probably not a good idea.
0: Do you recommend that, as we sort of come to the end here? Do you recommend that fitness coaches specifically go out of their way to like if they if they think their clients are taking it to bring it up, or do you think that a lot of them are purposely not having that conversation because they don't want to?
1: Um. I think it kind of goes I I think it could go both ways to be honest because I know I know I've had clients not tell me what they're doing and I go are you you taking anything and they're like well yeah (laughs) I I didn't want to tell you because I didn't know if you were gonna like think I was you know weird or what I'm like like I'm like looking around like I'm not natural you know I'm not so you know like it's not a big deal but it's good to know you know it's good to know these things I know again it's It's been such a taboo subject, and so people are so afraid to talk about it because they're afraid of the backlash. I mean, I remember the first time I started talking about, somebody was like, "I can't believe you're talking about this, dude!" Like people are gonna unfollow you, and I'm like, "Cool, if they do, good for them. If they disagree with what I'm doing, whatever. You know, it's kind of like dropping f bombs in a story on Instagram. If somebody gets offended, oh well. You know, I'm still still gonna be me tomorrow. So it's it is what it is." Um, but that's why it's important to normalize these conversations, you know. Because if you look in the gym, right, I would venture to bet that at least seventy percent of the men in the gym are on some form of testosterone. They're they're either they're either taking they're they're either taking it from their buddy that they get it from, who gets it from this buddy, or they're getting it from the doctor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they're taking sixteen different testosterone boosters they bought at GNC. You know, like. um you know, somebody's taking something, you know, some banned substance out there, some SARM, whatever. And so the more that we normalize these conversations and we make it more normal, the more comfortable people get about being open about it. And then, and then it's, and then it's, you know, I mean, I ran into a guy last night at the gym a couple nights ago and we had a, we had a really cool conversation about, about just basically this discussing like some of the things that he was doing and, and um and I kind of gave him some advice on what he should do. He was asking about the um dosing with his uh his Arimidex. And I was like your doctor gave you just straight Arimidex without looking at your blood work on. He goes, "Yeah." And I was like, "Yeah, you probably should have dropped your dose cuz he had it he his, his because his t- his testosterone was really high, but it, and and his Estradiol was really high." And I was like, "Well, what did he do?" And he was like, "Well, he gave me Arimidex and he lowered my testosterone." And I was like, "So we don't know which one's actually going to Lower your estradiol. You know what I mean. At that point, yeah. you don't know if lowering the test and giving you and uh, giving you a remedex, which which one was going to work. You know, at this point, kind of kind of hurting yourself. Like it would have been smarter just to lower the test first, then then check blood work and see if a remedex was needed at that point. You know, and still that probably would have been last resort. But but again, I just think normalizing these conversations, it's really good. You know, because People are going to do it, you know, no matter what.
0: No, I, I I, think that's the number one point is that not talking about, again, like if if you're a fitness coach listening, your clients may, like you said, like your client was doing it without telling you. And you could, obviously you have a lot of experience. You could guide them the right way, like the same way in finance. Like I don't want people to, even if clients want to do something that I don't recommend, we can help them do it as as low risk as possible of the thing they want to do that's high risk, yep, and so like we want to know everything even if we're like, "Oh, I wouldn't do that, but I'll help you navigate it as best I can, yep, exactly, and it sounds like it's very similar
1: exactly, and then, you know, and like I said, unfortunately, you do have some coaches out there who who know what works, you know from an old school mindset or whatever, but they're not they're not actually. Monitoring the blood work or they're, or they're, or they'll tell the guy, "Go get blood work, and the guy will get blood work, and you know it'll come back all wonky and everything's all crazy, and he's not healthy or whatever, and the coach's response is, "Well, yeah, you've been on gear, of course you're not going to be healthy that, <laughs> that answer doesn't help me at all that doesn't yeah. help help me get better whatsoever. Um, I think that yes, do we have to make sacrifices?" our health a little bit to get to the points where we want to be in this industry if you want to get completely peeled shredded and big and full and hard yeah you're gonna have to take some stuff that are going to be detrimental to your health it's part of it but there's still you still need to monitor what's going on because if you don't you're literally playing russian roulette with yourself you know and it's like the point i made with this guy the other night you could probably pull any bodybuilder that has passed away, if we were able to have a conversation with them now, if you, if you could pull any of those bodybuilders, right, in their prime, would they have taken anything that would have kept given them an edge but still taken years off of their life? In their prime, they probably would answer, yeah, of course. And I actually think there is – there was a study. I think they, they pulled a bunch of athletes that were like Olympians and professional athletes. And they asked them the same question. Would you, if you could do you know, something to make you the best athlete in your, in your respective sport, but it could potentially kill you would, you, would you do it to get that championship? And they all said, yes. You know, but I promise you, if you pull them 30 years down the road when they're 60, 70 years old and longevity has been pulled off of their life and maybe they're on their deathbed at this point, um, I bet you the answers are different. They would have done things differently. And I know when I look back, the way I was when I first started to where I am now, I wish I would have known this stuff when I first started because I would have done things extremely different when I first started. You know, so many people I would not have ever taken advice from. Um, and, you know, like I said, you just you do things very differently, So,
0: I love that. Um, this has been extremely helpful, Brandon. Um, if listeners want to learn more about you and your company, what's the best way for them to find you?
1: So, um, I mean,
0: Instagram is
1: always probably the best way to find me, um, which my, my Instagram is Brandon Robichaux, um, underscore IFBB Pro. That is my Instagram, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My my. So my name is Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N. My last name, Robichaux, R-O-B, as in boy, I-C-H-A-U-X, underscore IFBB Pro, I also have a website, RelentlessRevolution.net. You can always find me there as well. There's there's a link to uh, for anybody who's looking for coaching to uh, to fill out a questionnaire, Um, and we can just you know there's there's never any pressure. It's always just hey let's have a let's have a conversation. Consultations are always free. I love having conversations with people to see what their goals are, see if we're a good fit to work with each other. You know sometimes we are, sometimes we're not. It happens. You know sometimes I've had people reach out. I'm like, you know, I think you'd work better with this person, you know, and, and it, and it, and it happens, but, but yeah, that's, that's, those are the best places to find me.
0: Perfect. And for those listening, we're going to have links to everything that Brandon just said in the show notes as well. So if uh, you can click them there as well. Um, but thank you so much, Brandon. Appreciate you joining us on building your wealth muscle.
1: Absolutely, man. I really appreciate you having me.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on building your wealth muscle. Make sure you visit our website, darbyba.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram at patdarbybiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.